So, the big question is this. How do regular golfers like us, who have jobs, families and very little spare time, how do we improve our golf and lower our handicaps? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name's Paul Gray. Welcome to Golfing Secrets. Welcome to Golfing Secrets. Uh, this episode is episode 24 and uh, got a lot to get through actually in this episode. So uh, we're going to get sort of straight into it and um, talk first off about some of the results over the uh, over the last week really we've uh, we'll kick off with uh, with the ladies and there's a lot of good golf over the weekend and want to want to first of all sort of talk through really the the AIG women's open so the um you know the the, the ladies version of of the open and uh, we had a a real yeah, you know, some of the golf being played over the weekend was fantastic. In fact, it was actually just down the road. From, I say just down the road; it's about an hour or so's drive from uh, from where we live. And the uh, the level of golf being played was 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 amazing. The first few days, you know, the the weather was fairly fairly benign, um, and you know, not uh, not as tough as uh, as perhaps you might normally get on a. Uh, on an, an open event, really, and Walton Heath Golf Club uh, is not your your typical open links uh, course. It's an inland um, course, uh, lots of um, lots of heather out there, which is really tough if you get into it. There's there's absolutely no give, um, and uh, you know the the ladies were certainly uh, play, playing it really well. It was actually quite long. It was uh, six thousand eight hundred yards, so it's playing pretty long. And in particular, on the final day, it was it was really playing long. You know, the wind was really up. Um, obviously, it helps at certain times when you know you've got a bit of wind behind you. But uh, if you're in and around the green or, or shooting onto the green with the wind behind you, that can be difficult to to hold the green and uh, and get the ball to stick really. But uh, the uh, the eventual winner was was Lilia Vu, who finished uh, six shots ahead of Charlie Hull, and you know I've, I have to say I, I did feel a bit I felt a bit gutted for um, uh, for Charlie Hull. To be honest, she'd played so well for the first sort of three days, and then and then in the final uh, final round, just just couldn't quite get it to get it to, to, to roll for her. You know, she was making putts from all over the place on uh, on um, uh, the first three days of the event. And it and she was striking the ball well. She's she's a great player to watch. There's no there's no holding back. She she goes for everything. Uh, she hit, likes to hit a nice right to left draw. Um, doesn't really sort of fade the ball that much um, and feels uncomfortable in fact when it when it's going sort of left to right. Unlike the majority of us who tend to hit most of our shots left or right, she uh, she definitely likes that draw, and um, cool, can she get hold of it? I think, in fact, on uh, on Sunday that you know she had one or two drives that were sort of over three hundred yards, and you know she really does sort of get hold of it. The, the, the challenge that she she had on the, on the final day though was that apart from the fact that Lilia Vu was just was playing just outstanding golf, she, she just couldn't get the ball close enough to the hole to give us some real good chances of, of birdies. Uh, they're always long birdie attempts. And, you know, after a while, if you're not, if, if they're not dropping, it starts to sort of get to you, I think. And, you know, she didn't sort of show that, but it, but it certainly, it certainly, um, 
you know, was was a real sort of hindrance to her, especially given that she'd, you know, she'd, she she was striking the ball really well, but just not getting close enough to the holes to make those those putts. Whereas Lilia Vu was, you know, from the first hole, you know, she birded the first hole and and was was hitting greens in regulation. She was finding fairways. She she's still fairly long as well. She wasn't, you know, she was on a par with with Charlie, except when Charlie really sort of got hold of them. But you know, she was she was just so consistent in hitting fairways. Yeah, though she did have a little bit of a blip. Um, I think it was around like the twelfth or thirteenth hole, something like that. And and she went off, and and then and then was was gonna. It looked like she was potentially gonna double bogey. Um, uh, Charlie Hole uh, up and down, well, in fact, uh, chipped in from the bunker uh, to on the par five to make a three and. And, and go th- within three shots of the lead because at that time she was she was sort of five shots behind to go three shots in the lead and so I three shots behind um but again Lilia Vu had you know she'd made a, a great up and down sunk a great putt to to just drop one shot um so rather than being you know four shots or, or two shots uh, ahead um it was three shots and it was that consistency in terms of her of her ability to get the ball and uh, close, fairly close to the flag, and make the putts, um, and it was a big theme throughout the day. You know, she'd be making the putt, and then and um, Charlie would not quite make them. They just peel off. You know, a lot of them were close, but just just wasn't able to get anything to drop. And that was the real, that was a real theme for the day for her. Um, so it was a real shame. You could see that afterwards. She was, you know, she was clearly really sort of upset and sort of gutted about it really because you know she went in playing playing well after the first three days so it was a a real sort of uh, a real real shame that she she couldn't sort of finish it off but you know without a doubt there's there's another there's a there's a major in there somewhere for her and um i think i I don't think it'll be far away we've obviously now got to sort of wait till to next year now because that was the last one um and in fact lilia vu's win actually meant that she'd won two majors this year so not only did she pick up the the first prize i think it was 1.2 million um for first prize she also picks up uh picked up a bonus pool uh, of money by finishing first in terms of the rankings for just the majors that were played um, so she's she's had a, a tremendous season. Uh, she will undoubtedly be in the Solheim Cup, so there will be uh, they'll be, definitely be facing off again, uh, or quite likely to be. So so looking forward to that. And uh, as I say, hats off to, to Charlie Hell. She she had a, a a great a great few days. Just couldn't quite sort of finish it off with that with that final day. But at the end of the day, she was she was beaten by the better player on the day. There was there was no doubt about that. Even if she had hold more putts, she still would have struggled to to have beaten her on the day just because of the level of uh, level of play. But uh, it was a great watch, and as I've sort of said on several podcasts, you know, recently, I've started to watch a lot more of the ladies golf, and the the reason for that is is that to be honest, the you know the distances that they're hitting the ball are more on a par with where. Um, I might try to hit the ball. So, you know, the, the distances they're driving the ball, the distances they're they're hitting their irons are a lot lot more similar to, to where to where I would hit the ball. And so it, it just 
for me, it just gives a better insight into perhaps how I should play my game and and take more tips from the way the ladies are playing because they're playing at a level that is obviously way above where I play. But just in terms of distances, the, the length of shots they're having to, to play, it, to me, it just feels as though it's a lot, it's a lot more akin to my own game. And um, I'm certainly going to continue to do more of that. And um, I, I'd love to be able to go and, and see a, a, an event alive. I couldn't get to, to that one this time around, but certainly um, next year, I'm certainly going to try and, and, and do that where there are some, some ladies events around because I think it will be really, really beneficial. And um, yeah, so that, that was the AIG Women, Women's Cup. So well done to Lilia Vu. Um, I'd like to, to Charlie Halbert, but there's another one around the corner, I'm sure. So uh, she'll, she'll do that well. On the PGA Tour, we had um, Lucas Glover. He won the first FedEx Cup uh, playoff event, which was the FedEx St. Jude. And um, again, now he's 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 done something pretty pretty spectacular by by winning back to back events, uh, which is something that nobody since Tiger Woods in two thousand and six has done done that same thing. So the the minute you're mentioned in the same sentence with records and Tiger Woods, then clearly you're doing something pretty spectacular. And to say that his his consistency, in particular his putting, has has been has been phenomenal. In fact, if you went back sort of two or three months, he even in one of the interviews was talking around. Yeah, you know, he 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 basically had a case of the yips. And if you actually search on you know do a search on Google and and search for Lucas Glover yips, you'll 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 come across a video of him with a really short putt, no more than I don't know, two foot if that, and uh, he nearly misses the ball with his with his putting stroke. You know the the yips were were that bad, and he even said as in part of some of the interviews or, or whatever he was doing that you know he even thought about giving up at the time because it was it was so bad. And and you can certainly see that, but he made a change to a um, a longer what they call a broomstick putter. Um, it's a lab putter, and uh, ever since making that change, he, his putting stroke and his getting the ball in the hole has just has increased dramatically. And you just you can just see the confidence when he when he when he's in when he's over a putt, no matter what the length is. Yeah, you almost he sort of feels it looks as though he feels as though he's going to make every single putt, and it's an it's a it's a definite element of confidence that we we could all do with I think. Um, so it's it's quite interesting. I'd be I really would be interesting to sort of to get hold of one of those uh, one of those lab putters, but something a conversation for maybe later on in the in the podcast, but. Um, but yeah, so spectacular win for him. He actually won $3.6 million. Um, now, if you think there was a live golf event, I didn't watch any of it this week. Uh, Cam Smith won that. It was the uh, Bedminster tournament. And <clears throat> he uh, he won three point three million for that. So the, the prize money is certainly a lot closer. And obviously the PGA Tour and the FedEx um, Cup guys have, have had to sort of do that. They've had to increase, you know, the the prize money for for the top players and you know so that, that that's a good thing from their perspective i mean it doesn't make a 
bugger all difference to uh, to to us who are watching. But uh, um, but it's, it's I suppose it's good for them that they're doing that, and it sort of elevates the the events to a degree. But basically, with that um, with that win. Lucas Glover now, in terms of sort of the FedEx Cup, is now in the t in the top five. So you know he's, and I have to say, I, the way he's he's playing at the moment, the way he's holding putts, it, you know, you got to you got to think he's going to be in with a shout um, for for winning the title because you know, obviously it goes down to. So this week it was the FedEx, the uh, St Jude, um, uh, St Jude Cup, FedEx St Jude Cup. The top 70, it was the top 70 players got into that event. That's then been now been cut to the top 50 who go into the BMW event next week. There's then, I think there's then a, a little bit of a break. There's a week's break maybe. And then it's the Tour Championship the following week. And it's the top 30 go through to that. So there's another cut at the next event. So, you know, the way it's looking at the moment, it looks like he'll certainly make it through to there. And, and anybody who gets into the, the Tour Championship, the top 30 in in the uh, point, FedEx Cup points race uh, for the year has had, they've, they've had spectacular years. And uh, the prize pool for that for that day is pretty spectacular as well. I think it's 18 million for the winner. So uh, not a bad, uh, not bad job if you can get it. So, um, so he's as I say he's had a he's had a tremendous a tremendous sort of upsurge in performance and and hopefully I'd, I'd love to see, I'd love to see him sort of go on and, and keep sort of doing it. I'm still still keeping a bit of an ear out for uh, for Tommy Fleetwood who who came close. I think he was uh, third. He was joint third with McElroy, who again is up there near the top. You know he didn't quite win, but um, again he's up there. He's top three again. And again, just consistency in, in sort of what he's doing. Again, when it comes down to it, you look at Tommy Fleetwood, who's someone that I would, I'd love to see him him win uh, an, win an, an event in the states. <clears throat> again, at the moment, he's he's striking the ball so well, and and it's come down to putting again. I think really he he was making putts all over the place. You know, the first few days, then again on that fourth day, just couldn't couldn't make the putts, and you almost you almost think. Yeah, perhaps it might be better to have a bad putting day, maybe one of the early rounds, rather than rather than on the final day. Um, but he he definitely sort of uh, sort of missed it. And and we talked about putting with with uh, Charlie Howell. In fact, she didn't hold anything all day um, from a putting perspective. But then on the 18th, hold something like a 45 footer. And <laughs> you you're like, where was that all round? Um, so uh, it's it's something that's that's you know certainly. A sort of a highlight at the moment in terms of you know the people who are winning when they're you know anybody who's winning is putting well um but um i'm going to talk a little bit more about that perhaps a little bit later in the uh, in the, in the podcast as well uh next i want to just want to go into the the rider cup picks so rider cup is not that far away i think we're about four or five weeks away now and um it's it's people people will we'll now start talking about you know who's going to be in the teams who are going to be the, the the picks so i thought i'd make a bit of an early an early shout out for for who i think is going to make it into into the rider cup sides both europe and uh, and for um and for america now i think that um so the event itself is being held when is it held it's the 25th of september um, is when it sort of kicks off. It's in Rome, in Italy, so it's a home event for for Europe. 
so the course will be set up more akin for you know European style of golf. So it it won't be as long as some of the uh, it won't be as long as and forgiving as um, a lot of the US tournaments are. There will definitely be you know the rough will be up a bit more, you know. So it will it will I imagine reward those that can keep it on the fairway and um and can can navigate their way around the course that bit more rather than just bomb it bomb it and hit it which does tend to be quite a lot of the american players um and that's the sort of things they're used to playing but uh, it'd be interesting to sort of see but if we uh first of all just take a look at i'm gonna take a quick look at the um the us team and then and and just make my picks for my, my these these are really early picks but you know I, well, why not stick my neck out and, and go for these ones to start with? So the way that the Americans qualify for, for their team. So um, basically they earn points from the beginning of the 2022 season and they finish at the end of the FedEx Cup playoff um, events. Um, I think it'll be the, the next event after that event. It's not after the Tour Championship, I don't believe. Um, but um, it's the top six um eligible players that are on the points list will secure spots in the US team that's that's sort of a, a guaranteed sort of thing and at the moment those um sort of six players are Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Cantlay, Brian Hyman, Brooks Kepka interestingly enough and Max Homer. Now I say Brooks Kepka interestingly enough because he's obviously plays on the Live Tour and for the Americans you know if if the players have accumulated enough points and um you know and and are still sort of members of the PGA tour and that they are still eligible eligible to to play um for the american side there doesn't seem to be any necessarily any restriction either on on the others that are playing on live tour so um at the moment they've got their top 6 in there <clears throat> the next 6 in terms of actual rankings are Xander Schauffele Jordan Spieth, Cam Young, Colin Morikawa, Keegan Bradley, and Sam Burns. Now, the captain can make six picks. He's got his six top six, which are are, are fixed in in stone. They're 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 fixed and they're there. The next six, though, you know, there's I think there's some real interesting decisions to be made because there's a lot of players at the moment, certainly from an American perspective, who who are who are playing well, and and aren't in that top sort of 12, if you like, in terms of the points list. So I, I almost get the feeling that potentially one or two of them may get get dropped out of, of the team. Now, when you look at those top six, the ones I think probably are, I think there's two that are two or three that are probably set in stone, and that's um, Xander Schauffele, Jordan Spieth and Cam Young. Jordan Spieth because him and, and Justin Thomas are, you know, they're they're a, a wicked sort of pairing. So so Jordan Spieth will will be in there. Whatever that, that that's there's no no question of that. Xander Schauffele, I can't remember if Xander plays with. Um, I'm not sure who he partners with normally. I think he might be. He might be with uh, with Cantley possibly. Um, but so so I would think Xander Schauffele will also be in. So that's in effect the top eight. Now the ones that probably got 
I would have some question marks around of the, of the next four, really. So the next four in the list are Cameron Young, Colin Morikawa, Keegan Bradley and Sam Burns. Now, at the moment for me, you know, I don't think that Colin Morikawa is particularly playing well. Um, it doesn't really have any sort of form. And, and Cam Young also, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest has necessarily got a recent form. Sam Burns has been sort of steady. Keegan Bradley has. But again, he's gone off the ball a little bit. So I think those four players potentially um, are ones that, that could be replaced. Now, when you look at the next sort of raft of players on the list, you've got Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas. Now, Ricky Fowler, I think, has he's played Ryder Cup before, so he's got the experience. He's been trending this year. So he's definitely in form uh, and is sort of on, on his way up. And I think he could potentially be a replacement for one of the one of the two or one or one of the players that are currently sitting in that sort of ninth to twelfth spot. Justin Thomas will be a shoo-in. He's 14th. He isn't playing great, but just his partnership with Justin Rose is is with um sorry with Jordan Spieth is is I, th- I think you, you've got to have him in there. So I, I think that both Ricky and Justin will be in there. Next one's are Denny McCarthy and Lucas Glover. Now, Lucas Glover at the moment, his his performance at the moment is is just phenomenal. And he's, he's an old head. I don't know if he's played in the Ryder Cup before. Um, so it would be interesting. So, no, I'll, I'll see if I can find out. But um, he hasn't played. I don't think he's played in the Ryder Cup before. But at the moment, as the form player, you've got to say he's there. I mean, he, he's moved up, uh, you know, nineteen places in terms of the rankings over the last sort of couple of weeks, and and um, and I, I think he's got to be a shoe in. I think you know you've got somebody there who he's he's not quite as long as some of the others, but he is still long. Um, but he's, he, you know, he hits the fairway a lot. <laughs> he, uh, he, he's, he's, he hits green in regulation quite a lot. <laughs> and if there's anything you want when you're, when you're playing in match play is you want to be able to hold putts. And undoubtedly he's that guy. And I think that, I think that Lucas Glover will definitely be in there. So from those ones that are outside of the top 12 at the moment, I think Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas and Lucas Glover will definitely be in in the 12. Now that means that three of Cam Young, Colin Markow, Keegan Bradley or Sam Burns will 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 drop out or won't be selected, I would think. Now I think Sam Burns and Keegan Bradley and Cam Young will be those three. I just think that those three are the ones that aren't quite in as in in form at the moment and so i think those three will come out and fowler thomas and lucas glover will be in and um and um yeah so that's my that's my pick for the u.s side so going from the top for the u.s side i think we've got scheffler clark cantley harman kepka homer Shoffley, Spieth, Morikawa, Fowler, Thomas, Lucas Glover. They're my they're my twelve picks for the Ryder Cup. Be interesting to see how that goes and compares to what actually does start. But uh, that's my pick. I'm nailing that on the on the on the post to uh, to say they're my twelve picks for the US team. 
Now, moving on to the European team. <clears throat> I actually think the European team, they, they, it, certainly, it certainly does sort of pick um, picks itself to a certain degree, I think. But they, there are still one or two, one or two um, questions to be asked, really. So the European team are selected. It's first of all, there's <clears throat> the top three in the European points list are automatically automatically qualify, and uh, and and they qualify before the world points are then looked at. So those top three are McElroy, Rahm, and Robert McIntyre. So at the moment, I don't see that changing. They're the, the top three uh, on the European points list. So they're, they're eschewing for it. And I think McElroy and Rahm certainly would have been anyhow. You then look at the next three uh, ranking in Europe, and you've got Yannick Paul, Adrian Moronk, and Tommy Fleetwood. So, you know, Fleetwood, you would expect would get in from World Points List, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, the other two, not so sure. So the way it's going this year, so it's the top three. So as I say, McElroy, Rahm and McIntyre from the European Points List. You then look at the World Points List and, you know, Rahm and McElroy are definitely in there. They're in the, they're, they're the top two. The next ones in that list are Victor Hovland, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood. So on that basis, it would suggest that, you know, the three that qualify from a world points rankings perspective will be Victor Hovland, Tyrrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood. OK, so they're the so in effect, that's your six players. So you got Rahm, McElroy, Robert McIntyre, Victor Hovland, Tyrrell Hatton, and Tommy Fleetwood. They're your they're your six automatic qualifies for the for the Ryder Cup for Europe. So the next six you then got to look at. And now, first of all, if we look at if we look at the world ranking points. So the next the next ones in the world ranking points are Matt Fitzpatrick, Sepp Stracker, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose. Robert McIntyre, we've already covered off. Um, Adrian Moronk and Alex Noren. Now, out of all of those guys, you know, Robert McIntyre will, will is qualifying anyhow. We know we know that. Justin Rose has got the experience, but to be honest, you know, is he is he is he playing that well at the moment? I I would suggest that he's not. Shane Lowry, he's another one. Is he playing that well? I think it's I think it's questionable. Sepp Stracker though is one that, for me, I think is a shoe in for the uh, for the European team. He's seventh in the world at the moment, and is 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 playing well. He's he's got some consistency in his play. He can he hits a good ball, and I I think for him, I think he he will be in that in that. Um, in the Europe side, so he would be my my seventh pick. I'd love to say Shane Shane Lowry. I think his short game is is good. His putting at the moment is a little bit off, so that um, that may 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 not happen. Um, one that I think will definitely be in there. I think will be Adrian Moronk. I think he's he'll he'll be a bit of a rookie in the team, um, but he's you know eleventh in the world's points list. But equally, he's, you know, he's up there in terms of the European points list. So I think you've got to, he's got to be considered. So he would be my eighth sort of pick. 
You then start to look a little bit further down and you've got Victor Perez, Thomas Dietrich, Thomas Dietrich, um, I think Thomas Dietrich's playing on live at the moment, isn't he? So um, Adrian Otegi, Yannick Paul are 18th and 19th in the world. And you've got Nikolai Hoygaard as well, who's, who's another one. So when you look at the European points list, you know, the next three are Yannick Paul, Adrian Moronk, uh, we said Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Perez as well, and Rasmus Hoygaard. Now I think Rasmus Hoygaard, I've just got a, a feeling that Hoygaard will be in there and I'm going to put him in as my ninth place. I don't think his brother's going to going to make it in. I'd love to see a couple of brothers sort of playing in it, but I, I just don't see Nikolai Hoygaard getting in there. I don't think he's had as good a season as Rasmus has, um, so I don't see him being in there. So Hoygaard will definitely be my, my ninth pick. <clears throat> he's then got to start looking a little bit further afield, I think. And, you know, there was talk about yeah, there, there was definitely talk earlier on in the year um, with Padre Carrington and and him sort of being being there, sort of in in the mix. And I I I just don't think he'll he'll he's one I'd sort of most like to have in there. Um, but do I pick do I pick him on the basis that I'd like to see him playing in it, um, or do I pick him on the basis? Or, or do I not pick him because I don't think he's quite going to have enough? I, it's, it's just so difficult to tell. Match play is such a different game to playing your normal everyday, um, you know, mat, um, medal rounds or Stapleford or whatever it is. So I, I, I think for me, I just don't know that he's he's. I, I think he's gone off a little bit of the boil as well recently. Um, so I, I just don't see him making it in there. So my, my top, <laughs> my top players for Europe, and this is, I tell you what, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but my, my, my top ones are going to be obviously McElroy, Rahm, McIntyre. I think they're, they're, they're obviously, they're, they're, they're in anyhow. So we know they're in. You've got, um, Fleetwood, um, Hatton. And uh, Victor Hovland, they're the other shoe in. So that's the top. That's your your top six. They're all they're they're all in through automatic sort of qualification. I think Rasmus Hoygaard will be in there. I think that's a that's a shoe in as well. He's 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 playing pretty well. The question mark is whether or not his brother joins him. Um, uh, I'm just I'm just not convinced at the moment. I don't think Harrington will be there playing. I think he may be there, you know, as a, as a vice captain or something along those, those lines, potentially. I think he could be there for that, but I don't think he'll be playing. I think Shane Lowry will be there. I think he's a, 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 an amazing um, match play player. And I and for me, I think Shane Lowry will, will definitely be there. And then I'm starting. I'll be honest. I'm starting to struggle to to find the ones that I would I would definitely sort of want to want to put in. Um, I mean, Victor Perez is 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 you know he's top seven. He's top seven. Um, or oh, Adrian Moronk, of course. Adrian Moronk was the one that I'd forgotten about. So Adrian Moronk is is definitely definitely in. He's up there in terms of the European points list. He's you know he's up there in sort of fifth place, and he's only eleventh in the world. So I think I think he'll he'll definitely get there. 
in terms of um, the other players, what are we, what are, who are we looking at? I don't think Thomas Dietrich will be there. Victor Perez is 15th in world ranking points and and is 7th in European. So does Victor Perez get the shout? I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I didn't want to say um too many times whilst I was doing this. And it's... it's All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with my I'm gonna go with my my gut on this one. I'm gonna go with Victor Perez, fifteenth in the world, but seventh in the European rankings. So he's gonna be my my next my next one there. So what does that leave me? That leaves me um, with. So that leaves me with how many players is that? That's two, four, five, seven, eight. That's ten. So there's two more picks. Two more picks. Of course, the ones that I haven't talked about are those that are playing on on live. Now, the two that come to mind are Thomas Peters and Paul Casey. For me at the moment, it just feels because they are eligible, so they are eligible to play because they didn't resign from from DP World Tour, so they are still eligible to play. Whereas Stenson, Garcia, Porter, and Westwood are on eligible because they're no longer members of the uh, DP World Tour. But Casey and Thomas Peters still are. Now Thomas Peters did have a little bit of form earlier on in the year, and. Um, and, and has been playing sort of quite well. Paul Casey, I think he's he's had some injuries and that, and I just don't, I just can't see him. I just can't see Paul Casey playing. I just don't see it. So we've got two more. All right, I'm going to pin. I'm going to pin it on. I think Hoygaard is going to get in. I think him playing with his brother. I think that will be motivation enough. Playing for each other and for the team. I think Nikolai Hoygaard will get the shout. And my last one, I'm going to go with Yannick Paul. Now, Yannick Paul will be he's he's top um, four or five in the European list, so he's he's fourth in in European in Europe. So I think you know if you're putting in Adrian Moronk, who's fifth, um, and not putting in Yannick Paul, I think Yannick Paul will get the shout. He's a he's a German, so he's good at match play. You know, I always tend to think of think of Bernard Langer when it comes to match play. So um, we're going to go with Yannick Paul as my as my twelfth person. Now the only thing I think that may upset this is if any of the other players that I've talked about but haven't included, like so say Adrian Otegi, Jordan Smith, um, you know Padre Carrington, if any of them have a good next two weeks and win an event or something like that or in top three or something like that they could be they could replace any one of the the other players i'd mentioned and potentially i think you know yannick paul might be the one that that, that would lose out but um so that's my that's my european picks mcelroy ram mcintyre yannick paul adrian moronk fleetwood rasmus hoygaard nikolai hoygaard Shane Lowry, Tyrrell Hatton, 
Victor Perez and Victor Hovland. They're my they're my twelve for Europe. It's an early pick, but we're going to go with that and uh, let's see how close we are when they uh, they do the picks. Um, I think it's on some like the twenty second of twenty second of uh, September. Uh, sorry, twenty um, second uh, of August. I think it is. Or no, it's after the BM after the BM next BMW event in the FedEx Cup. So uh, there'll be my sort of two picks for uh, for the Ryder Cup. Let's see how they they fare and uh, when when it all gets announced. And uh, so it took a, took a bit longer to sort of go through that because there was quite a bit to sort of cover. I think. Um, but what I really wanted to, to focus on for the for the last part of the podcast was that you know th- there's one thing that that I feel at the moment that everyone can do to improve their golf, and a lot of what I've talked about in the episode this week has actually mentioned this particular aspect of the game, and that aspect of the game is putting. You know, th- there's been that common theme throughout the weekend, you know, at the AIG, at the FedEx St. Jude's, and certainly with my own golf um, over the last weekend, where I, I was, I just wasn't making any putts. And, and you know, for me, putting is one of the strengths of my game. You know, I average 29.4 putts per round for this year, uh, and up and down 53% um, currently, which for my handicap of, of playing off seven at the moment is is pretty, pretty good. Um but when you look at the other events and, and how people putted on the weekends, that was what the deciding factor really that um, got them to either win or not. You look at the AIG Women's Open, we had Charlie Hull, who just just couldn't get the ball to drop on that final day, no matter where she was sort of putting from. Um, and yet we had Lilia Vu, who was making all the putts and won the event. You had Lucas Glover, who again was holding putts from ev- absolutely everywhere, and um, and you got Tommy Fleetwood on the flip side who just couldn't make a putt, and you know that that really I think also transfers into our own games. And if we want to improve, what what's the thing that that we can do to basically you know help us get over the line be that you know shooting to your handicap be that you know making those making you know a bogey instead of a double making a a par instead of a bogey what's the, the difference maker in my in my view is is putting you know you can look at the game of golf and all the different areas you can focus on you know driving there's a big push on driving these days and and distance you've got approach game short game bunkers you know with a lot of those things that you need to focus on, you've got to make some big changes to your swing, your grips and all of that sort of stuff. And, and um, I think there it's, it's difficult to make changes to your, your sort of full swing. It's a lot harder to make changes to your full swing. Now, don't get me wrong. Putting is still a combination of several different things needing to be right to sink the putt. You know, keeping your head down, making sure you're set up correctly, your alignment, your stroke length, your distance control, reading the green. You know, all of these things are things that can be worked on and need to be right to, to, to sink any putt, really. But to quote Dr. Bob Rotella, you know, who's one of the he's one of the sort of psychologists um, uh, for the PGA he's one of the top psychologists and you know he he says that you know if you can take a, a cushion or 
or a soft ball or something and you're able to toss it onto a sofa from you know five foot away or ten foot away then you've got all the capability and skill required to improve your putting and get better at putting irrespective of age weight size gender whatever your makeup is you know putting is the one area that everybody can improve and with that in mind i i wanted to really sort of to cover off i wanted to to provide what i think are sort of three or four tips really to that everybody can take away to to improve their own game and their own putting now um hopefully in the background there's there's a bit of noise going on outside and uh hopefully you can't hear the trucks and stuff going by but I'll, I'll carry on and hopefully you can still hear but uh so we've got four tips i'm gonna um get everybody to sort of take away that you can you can go away and start using straight away to improve your putting the first one is p is the most powerful letter in golf in my opinion with p standing for practice with putting there are really no excuses you know we can all practice our putting at home we don't even have to go to the course or, or the range you know or, or leave our homes we can do it all at home and the, the first tip is block out just 15 minutes a day just three or four times a week to practice one element of your putting now that element could be your setup it could be could be a stroke it could be some distance control it could be keeping your head down for longer you know it, it could be any of those but spend just 15 minutes three or four times a week to just practice that one element second tip if when you get to the uh, the golf course you're a bit rushed you don't have time to practice or warm up on the range but you've got five minutes spare what's the what's the thing you should focus on now if you've got access to a putting green before you play my my tip is spend five minutes just getting used to the speed of the greens for the day you know get a ball down pick a pick a mark somewhere on the green and putt to that mark don't putt to the hole just putt to the putt to a mark and get used to the pace of the greens try and keep your stroke nice and consistent and um and and just and just focus on that for five minutes try to get in you know you know half a dozen or so you know four or five foot putts just so you know that you know if you're fairly close to the hole you've got a good chance of getting those putts in so spend just five minutes before you play you should all everybody should be able to spare just five minutes to to just do that little bit of practice with your putting the rest of the game you can build into as you as you as you're playing if you can't get there early enough to have a proper sort of warm-up so that's tip, tip number two five minutes of putting before you play the third tip is and this is a specific routine i talked about blocking out 15 minutes you know three or four times a week to practice one element of your putting and for me the one element i would suggest that you you try to to, to practice is keeping your head down i mentioned it a bit earlier and what you want to do is is try to make putts it doesn't really sort of matter what length when when you're able to at home you know assuming you've got a putting mat or, or a cup or something that you can you can do it on or a short pile carpet so the ball can roll um but just see if you can keep your head down for the count of three after you've hit the putt it sounds easy but it's actually a lot harder than you think and the more you can keep your head down looking at where you've just hit the ball rather than sticking your head up and looking at where the ball's going the better because even just by lifting your head up you're you're 
your putter will shift very, very fractionally, even by, you know, 1% maybe. It will just fraction move one way or the other. And, and that could be the difference between you making the putt or not. So just spend spend some of that that blocked out time you know each you know three or four times a week to just work on keeping your head down for the count of three after you've hit the ball and you'll be surprised the difference it makes in terms of the ball either going dead center of the cup or missing just on the left edge depending obviously on the distance that you're you're putting from so that's the third the third sort of tip to to do and the fourth one is this is a proper sort of drill um and it's for those that struggle with you know, inconsistent pace and distance control. You know, you, you might leave a lot of putts coming up short. Um, it work, This drill, I think, works really well in particular for those, you know, anything six foot and under, I think it works particularly well for. It does work for longer putts as well. But, you know, when you're at home, invariably, you know, you, you're a little bit more restricted in distance. But it's one you can do at home. And again, if you use that, that blocked out 15 minutes, three or four times a week, use this to do, do this particular drill. Now, I'm actually going to post a video. In fact, I have posted a video already on, um, on the website. So if you go to howtopractice.com, forward slash drills i've actually posted this particular drill there as a video now it's quite an easy one it's it's a, i call it the tpeg drill so basically you you put your ball down the distance you want to practice so say it's a four foot putt put the ball down and then place two tpegs one just to the right one just to the left and what i want that distance to be it's got to be equidistant behind the ball and forward of the ball and that will be your stroke length that you think you need to make in order to get the ball to the hole or just past it, ideally. So once you place those two T-pegs in the ground, move the ball away and just practice that that stroke between that, not necessarily between the the uh, T-pegs, the but just practice that distance back and forth and think about your rhythm. So try and think of a one, two, one, two rhythm as you do the putt. Once you've done that and you've got used to that length of stroke back and forth, same length back, same length forward, then introduce the ball and start making the putts. Um, remember, keeping the head down, as we said before, is the other tip, but um, just make that short putt, same length back and forth, and that rhythm. Once you've found that sort of rhythm, put the ball in, start stroking the putts. You may need to adjust the tee pegs slightly if you find that it's coming up short or it's going way too fast, but um, you can do that. And that's part of what you do. You adjust to get, get it right and then just make those putts. Once you get comfortable with that one distance, then you can obviously try it for another if you've got more time. And um, it will really help to, to get you a consistent rhythm of your stroke. Now, when you try it for different distances, what you'll find is, is that as you go further back, you keep the rhythm the same, but the stroke length just increases. So you're, you've got the same rhythm and you're using the same rhythm no matter what the distance is. It's just that you increase the stroke length to allow for distance. And that's it. Um, repeat that, you know, as I say, for different lengths of putts. Um, as I say, I've put the video um, onto our website. So it's howtopractice.com forward slash drills it's the first one we put in there and um and you can sort of take a look at that it's also on our youtube site as well so that's youtube.com forward slash at how to practice so again you can see it there as well um 
and that's it for this week. Hopefully those those four tips uh, to help you with your putting can, can really help you. Um, and they're things that you can do straight away. Uh, do them at home. So, you know, try and see if you can use those. Use them to basically help help you to, to hold more putts. And, um, you know, hopefully you can have a good week uh, on the putting. So that's it really for this week. Um, as always, if you've got some value from it uh, or any of the episodes, then please share the episode with at least one other golfer. You know, tell some others about it. I'd love to get as many golfers as possible sort of listening to the podcast. Um, and if you haven't done so already, please do subscribe or follow the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, you can uh, post any comments in the Q&A section. And uh, of course, you can send us any feedback to feedback at howtopractice.com. And um, in fact, the email address has actually changed. Actually, it's now golf at howtopractice.com. So um, that's it for this week. Um, hope everybody has good weeks. Uh, everyone plays some good golf. Everyone gets practicing those uh, those putting those putting tips. And um, yeah, we'll leave that for this week. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch up with everybody next week. Thanks all.